Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Shore Thing today. It is September 23rd. Warren and Ryan here with you today. Obviously, we're going to have picks for college football and the NFL for this week. And uh, we're going to the Ryder Cup is tomorrow, so I want to touch on some Ryder Cup stuff. So we will do that as it's uh, we haven't had it in three years. And there's a lot of things about uh, about it that I find intriguing. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio uh, app under the podcast section. Ryan, how's it going? I also have a new – I've got a couple stories I forgot to mention on Monday, but how's it going? It's going good. The Yankees are back. We're making a World Series <laughs> run. Swept the Rangers. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to come in with that. <laughs> did, no, did, I still, I still don't have the a business. Whole... What they were supposed to do against a horrific team? Yeah, barely. Uh, last know, night's game. Last night's game. Yeah, I was a little worried. It was funny because uh, we were watching the game. I was getting ready to leave the facilities up uh, at uh, my baseball facilities, and we're watching the game. <clears throat> and after Gallo, Gallo had this little bloop. Uh, it ended up being a double uh, to left field, and Glaber Torres comes up, and I go, oh, "This is going to be either a strikeout or a ground ball to to the shortstop." He hits a double down the first baseline. I was like, okay, all right, scores Gallo. Then uh, uh, Gio Urshela gets up, and he hits a little dribbler to the second baseman. Second baseman bobbles it. Glaber Torres, bang, bang, play at the plate is safe. Well, Gary Sanchez comes up, and I was like, oh, this is definitely going to be a strike. I'm sitting there talking with one of the guys that works. I said, this is definitely going to be a strikeout or a ground ball to third base. And then he just goes freaking Jimmy Jack to dead center, just absolutely crushed the ball. I was like, well, shit, I just need to stand here and say, hey, these guys are going to strike out or ground out every single time, and they finally deliver. So it was kind of funny. I was completely wrong every single time I uh, predicted something, but it ended up working out anyway. But uh, Luis Severino came back and looked pretty good. So, you know, if they do make a little bit of a run, again, I don't know if I even want them to. Um, it's, you want uh, them to because you want your teams to make in the playoffs. That's why I think it's so dumb when I hear people like, oh, it's probably better off if they miss the playoffs or whatever. No, you want your team in the playoffs. I don't. I, I mean, they're, they're not going to they're not going to win. Any, I, I would. You don't know that, though. You I don't do. know that. I do. I do. You don't. Do it's baseball. It's so weird. How many times is a team that struggled like the Yankees have been on the epitome of the roller coaster this season? They started out terrible. Then they got hot in May. Then they go down again in the in the depths then. And they what do they go like? What do they go in? Uh, they won August? 13. They won 13 straight yes. and then follow that up with the two and 11 the next. 13. But they've done that all year. That's what they've been. They get on a heater. They get on a heater. You want them in the playoffs. I don't know. Yes, you do. You just don't want to admit it. Because anyways, Aaron Boone's getting fired unless they win the World Series. So what's the worst thing that can happen? They yeah. win the World Series. That, okay, that, fine. Is, no, that is the worst thing that can happen is they win the World Series. And then he comes back for another Oh, my three God. Years. Then you're complaining about a World Series. <laughs> just shut up. Honestly, I, they haven't even made it since, what, 2009? Yeah. Oh, stunning. I know. I, I, if since we're in baseball, this is not what I was hoping for to start. But I, I, if there's a team, I'm, I'm pulling for. Uh, I want the Mariners to squeak into the wild card game. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I'm hoping that they can. Yeah, I don't I think, think they will. I think it's. I think it's going to be one of. It's going to be two teams out of the East. No, I would agree with that. But I mean, they're three games back. They're probably too far out. But uh, I would like to see them squeak in if they, uh, if they could, because I think. I mean, they have the longest postseason drought of any team in uh pro sports. So that would be yeah. cool if they made it. and they're they're having a surprisingly good season. I don't know. Absolutely. Saw this yeah, game. no, hundred percent. Yeah, them and the Giants both. I mean, I you know, you could uh, 
I think the Giants may be a little more surprising because of how good they are. But yeah, oh, no, for sure. if you if you would have told me that the Mariners would be in the thick of things for a wild card slot, I would have told you you're crazy. Yeah, for sure. The Giant. I mean, I think a lot of people owe Gabe Kapler an apology. I'm not saying uh, you or whatever, but he was run out of Philly. Yeah. And, and there's probably not a full buy in with the uh, it's probably not a good situation there because the organization didn't buy into everything that he was doing like all the whole full-on analytics and stuff, but then you get the organization like the Giants, and they buy in with their GM or president of baseball ops, Farrar. What's his name? Farad or Farrar something. I can't remember. I think his last name starts with a Z, but like a full buy-in there, and they are just shocking, shocking how good they are. You know what is pretty funny is we've talked about this before, but the Rockies... They're only, I know they're, we've talked about their home road, but they only have a, they're only two, they only have two more losses at home than the Giants. Yeah. The Giants are 49 and 26 at home and the Rockies are 45 and 28. It really is shocking how bad they are away from Coors Field. Yeah. I was talking with one of my buddies because his uh, cousin had the Dodgers um, team total, team win total under 104. And so it's really coming down to the wire here. Yeah, and uh, so he, he was looking the score of the game yesterday. He's like, he's like, "Oh, the Dodgers are up three one right now." And then about twenty minutes later, he's like, "Oh, the Rockies tied it. It's back three 3 I said, "Are they playing at Coors Field?" And uh, he was like, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, then it's it's done deal." I said, "The Rockies are unbeatable." I said, if "They played one sixty. They they'd win hundred games if they played all one sixty two at, at in uh, Coors Field." And uh, he was like, uh, you know, he gave me the old, oh, if my aunt had ball, she'd be my uncle. But, you know, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But but still, I mean, like I said, the the the, the home road split is just unreal. They're, they're a completely different team for whatever reason. And it's just wild. Yeah. Um, all right. So oh, also, is, is, do you I don't know if you do this. I haven't done this in a while. But do you ever um, look at the old say about, well, you're probably at the field when you're not at the field. It's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, eight, eight fifteen, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna throw a little parlay in there, and when I wake up in the morning, I hope it hits. Do you ever do that? Uh, yeah, all the time, all, all the time. This the, the the late games always the the nine fifteen start or whatever. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I did one for the first time in a while yesterday. And uh, the problem is it won, so now I feel like I'm gonna have to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you had to keep doing it till it loses. It was a four teamer. Nice. The, the Giants over the uh, Braves money line, Seattle money line. Seattle with Chris Flexton is like an auto bet because he's, he's a good pitcher that no one knows about. And then the over in L.A. and uh, Houston. Um, so that was a nice uh, like I woke up and I was like, oh, yeah, that parlay. Let me check it. And I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, wow, it hit. What a shocker. Um, but to, all right. No, what I forgot to mention on Monday is that went to the casino in Tunica on uh, last Friday. So I've got some tales from uh, Tunica. I think we were at the Horseshoe at Tunica. I don't know. There's two casinos there. There was three, but they're tearing it down. Um, It is quite the place. I've been there once before uh, on a rainy day in December a couple years ago, 2019, December 30th, I think it was. Uh, or 29th, whatever. It's quite the it's quite the place. Every blackjack table is pretty much a ten dollar minimum. They know the audience. You get one that's a twenty five minimum. It was packed for a Friday. It was crowded for a Friday night. They had a concert, so we're sitting down at the blackjack table. We're trying. Just uh, my buddy Ryan, 
and I went, and then Taylor went to go play roulette. He was sitting at the roulette table for about a half hour. Um, but we're just trying to play blackjack by ourselves, so we could do that, and you usually can. So then this one guy comes down, and when we were in Vegas, you had the tale that someone split uh, twos. When threes. Were, or th- I, there was threes? Yeah, threes. Okay, I thought it was twos, but it was threes. The guy split threes again, whatever. Well, we're sitting there, and one guy comes, sits down, and you could tell from, like, the first minute, the first hand, he knew absolutely nothing. (laughs) He knew he had no clue what he was doing. And, look, I am not calling myself an expert in blackjack, but I know the basics, and I know, look, if you sit down and there's a nine showing, and you got a seven, you hit it. If you're going to hit it, you hit it every time. And if, you, if you're going to stand on it, you stand every time. Like, you just cannot play on the field. You have to do that. Like, I, all that stuff, whatever. Um, this guy sat down. He's playing. And he only had, like, 40 or $50 with them. So I'm like, all right, maybe this guy, I don't, you, you never root for anybody to lose. But you're like, all right, maybe he gets out of here pretty quickly. Or maybe this guy doubles up and gets out of here. Or maybe he doubles up and gets out of here. We're just looking at each other, and and we were, uh, yes, open up. But that was also after I lost about half of what I put in in about the first five minutes I sat down on the table. So I had to get up. I had to take a breather. He lost a lot. And I was I was down. I lost it again. I was down. I was down. Uh, I took $200. I was down about 170 when this guy came down. So we're looking at not great odds. Where things are not looking good, and we're we're climbing back, we're fighting back, putting on a gritty performance. This guy sits down, and he's playing or whatever. Wins his the fir- I can't even remember what he did first, but it was not good, and he lost. And then he won a couple hands. He gets uh twenty. He gets he got two queens. I whatever. He gets two queens something, two of the same face card. And I think like a six is showing. What do you think he does? The guy splits a twenty. Split um, a twenty. Split a twenty. Oh my god! I would have. I would have said, you know what? Thanks, but I'm out. We told. We were like, hey, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Splits a twenty, and there's another guy sitting at the table too. So there's four of us here now. Kenneth, the dealer, great dealer. He was what a guy Kenneth was. Um, he knew. He knew my buddy Ryan because my buddy goes there a lot. But he splits a twenty, and Kenneth looked at us, and and or just like. We were trying to tell him, no, don't do it, don't do it, but whatever. He split a 20, then pulls like a three or whatever, bust on one of them, gets like a seven on the other one. I can't, I don't even know what I had. I think I had like a six, and the dealer was showing a six. So I obviously stand, and my buddy stood. All I know is I lost the hand, and if he wanted split, I would have won on base the cards that were showing up. And we were just like, what is going on? Yeah. That was enough for me. After that, I, I played one more hand and I got up and I was like, okay, I'm done playing with this guy at the table. But splitting a 20 was a banana move. And we were, no, he got up and left. He got up and left. And we were, all of us were just like, what was he doing splitting a 20? It was insane. Yeah, that, that I would, I would have. I would have punched a guy right in the face. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you can do. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, the dealer, you know, I say let him, but usually they like can kind of like persuade you or talk you out. Yes. Of like, hey, no, no, you don't want to do that. Or, hey, yada, yada. And then you're like, OK, OK, fine. Um, but that is that might be the most wild thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, 
when it comes to blackjack. The only crazier thing, and this this really doesn't count because it was video blackjack. It was uh, when I don't know. I don't know if you were there yet because you showed up a little bit later when we went to Vegas, my bachelor party. But uh, Joey was playing video blackjack and he had he had 20 and he went to hit the button for stay, but he accidentally hit double and he pulled an ace. And that's that's the, probably the craziest thing I've seen. But again, that's video, so it didn't it doesn't really count. But uh, splitting a twenty, that that guy, we would have had some words. And I'm a big guy. I'm a big uh, fan of. Hey, look, this is my money. Like I get playing by the book, and I'm going to play sure. by the book ninety percent of the time. But sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you just got to either a go on feeling or b you got to risk it to get the biscuit. And then when people get pissed off at me, it's like, hey, are you putting is this your are these your chips over here? No, they're mine. OK, so you can, you know, suck it. So, I, you know, I'm a fan of like, hey, this is my money. I'm going to play the way I want to. But at the same time, you have to play with a little bit of like tact and like understanding of what you're doing. Well, remember when it was all of us sitting at the table, if there was a 12 and we were like, hey, give a double down for a shot, whatever. Yeah, Just exactly. For fun. Like if you do that, like, hey, let's let let's let's live. We know that's a dumb thing to do, yeah. but we're here to have fun. That's the whole thing. So 100%. stuff, stuff like that. And I will tell you what, when we doubled down on 12s. We were we were, <laughs> I think, in the black on that. We got I hot. think so too. Yeah, we got out on that. No. But so then we go to the other table. My guy, William. And the bald head, let me tell you, boy was on an ultimate heater. I was down 170, ended up getting about winning about 80 or 90, 80 bucks, 80 or 90 bucks. It was quite the turnaround. I was in the dumps. I was like, oh, this is not good. And then we got on a heater, hit some double downs. The one guy at that table had sixes. He split a six and pulled another six. So we split that one again and then ended up getting like a five, a four and like another four. So he had then doubled down on all of them. Mm-hmm. So that was an expensive hand, and he yeah. won two of the three hands on that. That was quite the payoff for him. Um, so I ended up winning in blackjack, so that was a good – like ended up plus 50 or like 150 bucks or whatever. But look, when you're down a lot and you get up 50, you're like, all right, yeah. this is good. So then I went over to the, the, the roulette table, and he was at a live roulette table, which I feel like is always a good one. Um, a lot of chatter, a lot of everything there. So I get there, and there is a stack – of chips on one number by like it's overwhelming what it is so i'm like all right put 10 on that it was five at loss but i text it was a night red 19 bernie costar that one i put one on 24 and 27 for the uh, browns backfield and then uh, one where everybody else was at and of course browns legend bernie costar number 19 pulls up but i texted my cousin i was like oh we're playing roulette blah 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 this and that and he goes, put something on uh, JOK or then 21 had just said, he goes, put something on JOK. His number's 28. I'm feeling good about it. When I put it for him on uh, the one hand, it did not hit. Literally the next spin hits a 28. Oh, well, but that was pretty, pretty crazy that the next spin was 28 yeah. after, after uh, he said, Hey, put something on 28 for me. Um, we covered it up with like, I think I did the two thirds covered or I did a third. So I was even money, but, uh, the 28 on the next one, pretty crazy that the next one was 28. Yeah. Um, and then if you were a believer in number four, Dak Prescott, he was hot. Number four at that thing was hot. Um, so let me ask you, is this, uh, was this casino like free to play or did you have to like, no free to play? Yeah. Free to play. No annies, no annies. Good. Love to see it. Yes. That's the whole thing. And I feel like I would, I'm not saying I would be a Winstar regular or a Choctaw regular, but I would definitely go probably to Winstar like once a year. I can't tell you the last time I went, Oh, I think I went to Choctaw 
New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. I think we did a family thing up there because we didn't know what, what something different. But like the playing Annie's on blackjack is just we've talked about this all. It just kills it. Like it. Yeah. It's no fun. Yeah. You play it's, fifty hands, you're down ten bucks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You just always feel like you're losing no matter what. No matter how much you're winning, you feel like you're losing. Because you are losing. Yeah. Like what? How much would you have to win? Do you think you would have to win to make it worth your while there? Because say you win just straight up blackjack. Say you want a hundred. Say you if you play fifty hands, you would have to win fifty dollars to break even. Right. So like, what is it even worth? It a hundred and fifty hands. Like I, you have to figure out what it is, or are you just there that hey, you know what? I'm going to lose money no matter what when I go there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think like you said. Maybe two, three hundred bucks to make it worthwhile. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I don't know. That's the great disgrace. And then this another disgrace is that Shreveport is like three hours away, so it's like not even worth going there. Yeah, exactly. it's a hike. But uh, all right, let's get into it. We'll uh, we'll start off with college football. I'm going to be honest. I don't really have a lot overall, a, a big outlook on this week. I think the slate kind of is a little. St- Thinky this week. Um, but I, I would say the biggest game of the weekend, there's probably two. It's uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and then um, A&M and Arkansas. But other than that, nothing really, at least ranked matchup-wise, really jumps out to me. It's kind of a a stinky. I mean, I got 12 games on my card, I guess. But it's it just um, from a big game matchup, it's lacking this week. Yeah, no, big time. That was not my first uh, look on it, too. I mean, all your big time schools are playing far uh, inferior opponents. So, uh, you know, not not a whole lot to get up for. I think you hit the nail on the head with the Notre Dame Wisconsin matchup. Um, you know, for a little local flavor, you got Tech and Texas going head to head. You got SMU TCU both undefeated still. Uh, future Big 12 uh, components there. And uh, so that's that's I mean, like I said, if you're looking for a little local flavor, A&M Arkansas, not too bad as well. Let's see if Arkansas is for real and if they're actually, you know, as good as advertised so far through three weeks. Um, but uh, I, I have a massive card as well. So, you know, it that just because the the games aren't as spicy or look as good on paper, there's still plenty of plays out there. There are p- plenty of plays. And I think that's where we'll focus most of this on. And at the beginning of the week. I have, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of under, I had way more underdogs at the beginning and then I had to divvy some out. I, before like last night or this morning, I think I had maybe one favorite and I had a bunch of underdogs in there and I was like, I don't know if I could ride all these underdogs all the way because I, I've got to do some change in here. A lot of home dogs too that I liked and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But a, a lot of dogs early on on the card I liked. Yeah, I got a good little mixture of both dogs and uh, and favorites because that's that was one thing I was looking at um, as well because of the the you know the matchups not being as close as they could be uh, you know on, on paper uh, a lot of big spreads a lot of home dogs like you said so that was I I feel like I got a nice little balance here and I went through it the first time and I had you know I had I had some plays I went through it again. Took some out. I there's quite a bit of tinkering going on, uh, to to say the least. So we'll see how how it ends up panning out for me. Yeah, there's one, two, three, 
I think three games I took off and one of them I switched. Mm. So you switched I, the pick completely? No, no, I, I oh. went off the pick and went to the total. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what we'll do. All right, you start off. Uh, alert everybody of your record. Uh, last week I went five and three overall. I am sitting at twenty and nine for the season. Big card. We got uh, I think thirteen plays. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, thirteen plays. So biggest card to date. Uh, most I had was uh, I think twelve in week two. But uh, so we'll get her cooking. We got Liberty laying six against Syracuse. That is a uh, a little road, excuse me, yeah, road favorite there for Liberty. I think they got things rolling. Uh, their quarterback is still very, very good. So we're taking a shot on, on, at Liberty. Talked about Notre Dame, Wisconsin. I'm taking Notre Dame plus one and a half. They're going to be, uh, I think they're going to win it out right there. Their defense looks really good. Their safeties are playing really well. See if their quarterback play can keep going. You, uh, you meant, you mean, you know, the line's like six and a half. For Notre Dame, Washington or Wisconsin. What did I say? One and a half. Let me double check here. Notre Dame's getting six and a half. Great chance that 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 was a typo on my part. Yeah, six and a half. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that would have been a huge miss on your boys' part if you're looking out. (laughs) Yeah. Good looking out. It opened at a pick'em. I yeah. think, but I didn't. I saw it really. Oof, the lowest geez. I saw after was like four or five. Yeah, I don't know how I got that All right. typo. Uh, so Notre Dame plus six and a half. They're catching almost a touchdown. I think they went out right. Uh, I'm going to take LSU minus two at Mississippi State. I think LSU looked a lot better last week. Uh, still don't know where that offense is going. The defense did look better, so. We're going to take a chance here again, kind of take a shot in the dark and uh, take LSU minus two. I like SMU plus nine and a half at TCU. I like Army laying eight and a half against Miami of Ohio. I'm taking the Coastal Carolina UMass under 66 just because I don't think UMass is going to score a single point the entire game. And I just don't see Coastal Carolina go up there and hang in 70 on their head. So we'll we'll uh, we'll lay we'll go under 66 there. Louisville under two or excuse me, Louisville minus two and a half against Florida State. This, I almost took Clemson minus 10. I know it's a square pick, but I'm like, look, if they're going to do it, they're going to come out and finally show, you know, hey, maybe we're a real contender. Maybe they're not. Maybe they are just bad. But I'm going to take Clemson NC State over 47 and a half. I like Rutgers catching 20 and a half against Michigan. I also like the over 49 and a half in that game. Uh, We're taking UTEP minus one and a half against New Mexico. UCLA laying six and a half at Stanford. And then finally, wrapping up with another Pac-12 special, Oregon is probably going to score about 600 points against Arizona. So we're going to go ahead and lay the 28 and a half. Okay. Um, We've shifted uh, gears here. So since we lo- since we lost this uh, season total, the team total, we're just bent against them every week. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. I am going to take uh, Army minus eight and a half as well. That's just still a horrific beat. Uh, them losing to UConn. I am obviously going to take Mississippi State plus two and a half against uh, against LSU. It's not rocket science. This is this is exactly the spreads that they've Mississippi State's played in the last two games against NC State. They were two and a half point uh, underdogs at home. Then last week they were three point favorites on the road at Memphis, and then now they're back in that two and a half to three range. Give me Miss B State. I don't think 
I don't think LSU is good at all. Their offense, they played Central Michigan great. They got blown out against UCLA. They've played nobody. Mississippi State's defense is really, really good. They completely dominated against uh, uh, NC State and pretty much Memphis. They only The defense only gave up 14 points. Defense is great. So give me the... Uh, Can't trust the, that special teams, though. Uh, well, hopefully the refs are on our side uh, there. And another thing that I think people are, people are bringing up, like the LSU revenge factor, because Mississippi State went in there and just blew the doors off of them uh, last year. What is the revenge that you sucked? Like, what is the, what, what, just that you got beat? So every game that you get beat the next year is a revenge game? That's not how a, a revenge game works, is it? No, not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, revenge, revenge. I don't think LSU is good. Um, I said Army minus eight and a half, right? Yes, I yes. did. Um, under Boston College, Mizzou, 58. I was on Mizzou minus one and a half at first. I don't really, that's a fishy line. I don't like that. But Boston College is without their starting quarterback, I think, for the rest of the year, Jerkovich. I don't know how either team gets to 30. So under 58. In Wisconsin, Notre Dame, I'm going first half under 23 and a half. I think this is shaping up to be like Penn State, Wisconsin, a grinded out, low scoring game. Um, so just give me the first half under a little feeler there. I am taking NC State plus 10 against Clemson. Could be a sucker. Clemson has scored uh, two touchdowns against FBS teams this year. They've When they played an FBS opponent, the highest they've scored is uh, 14 points. That was last week against a horrid, um, a horrible, horrible, horrible Georgia Tech team. Uh, DJU, DJ Agungalale. Is that how you say it? I don't know how you say it. Ukulele. Ukulele? Yep. Uh, he has yet to throw in a touchdown pass this year. Well, he threw one. It was to Georgia, but he hasn't thrown one to his own team. Uh, NC State, I think their offense is good. I know Clemson's defense is uh, pretty good, but NC State at home, give me 10 points. I'm taking Kent State plus 14 and a half against uh, Maryland. The over in Illinois, Purdue, 53 and a half. I'm going Wyoming team total over 52 against UConn. Look, I'm getting, I got scared of UConn getting a little, getting scoring, what, 21 points in the second half last week against Army. We're taking UConn out of it, 42 uh, for Wyoming team total. UTSA plus three at Memphis. I don't think Memphis. They're... I almost, I almost got jumped on that too. Memphis has run 17 straight home games. Um, the Liberty Bowl, I guess, is a tough place to play, but uh, I think UTSA is good, and Memphis's defense is is not uh, not very good. Western Special Kentucky teams is good though, huh? Special teams is good. Special teams is good when the referee blows a plate dead. Very good. Um, Western Kentucky plus nine against Indiana. I feel like I'm getting ratted out because Indiana's just been pretty poor this year. Western Kentucky has a good offense. Uh, that game's at home, so I'll take the nine points. I will have BYU minus 23 and a half against USF. And then Arizona minus Arizona State, excuse me, minus 14 against Colorado. Colorado scored seven against AM. They got shut out by a bad Minnesota. Um, defense. I don't know how Colorado scores. And Arizona State had what? Like, they said 16 penalties last week. Turned it over a ton. That guy by BYU made a great play. I'm always going to be like a scoop and score. A guy just rips it out of his hands. Um, so give me Arizona State minus 14. Love it. That is the card. I did have Liberty on the card at first, but then I, I got out. I Something didn't seem right to me there. I, I will wish you luck, but I just 
I couldn't do it. I like Liberty, but that just seemed like something was pretty smelly there to me. So I went back after the uh, Notre Dame fiasco just to double check all of my uh, lines, make sure they're correct. Liberty is, in fact, laying five, not six. Okay. UCLA is also laying five, Four. not Oh, it's oh, seeing, okay. I, I see. I, I'm seeing five right now as okay. I look at it. So yeah, they're laying five. I had them at six as well. So just a quick little uh, adjustment there. Let me ask you: How close were you to taking Ohio State minus forty nine and a half against Akron? None, none. Didn't even didn't think about. If any, okay. So I, I've read something today where. T- I wasn't thinking about taking them at all. First half or maybe team total, but I heard that teams with like 48 or 49 point spreads power when two FBS teams have it. The, 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 the team that is getting 49 or whatever, those exorbitant amount of points, they're like 12 and one. Really? Yes. So, um, I'll never forget. There was a, it was probably about four years ago. Maybe Alabama was laying 49 against some little piss on school and they were winning 48 to zero. And then they called the game in the middle of the fourth quarter or like the beginning of the fourth quarter oh, due to lightning and the, and they just ended the game. And I was like, you've got to be absolutely kidding me. We would have got, you know, you could, you're going to squeak across at least three more points in the, in the fourth quarter. But yeah, they ended it after three quarters and they, the uh, book took that as a, uh, as the winner 48 zero. So they didn't cover the 49. Hate, hate to see it. Here's a stat. This is from uh, a bear. He says, dating back to 1996, there have been 13 favorites of at least 49 points in games between two FBF teams. The favorites went one and 12 against the spread going back to and going back to 1993. They are just two and 16. If you remember 2019, Ohio State was 52 point favorites against Rutgers um, and they did not cover that. So I look Akron is horrid. But I'm not. You can't lay 49, and those numbers are pretty surprising. I think it's, if anything, you bet the team total or the first half. Yeah. You know what game I thought was going to be on your card? What's that? I thought you were going to have Michigan State minus five against the Browns. Oh man. I thought that. I saw that, and I was like, I'm staying away from that. But that looks like a that looks like Ryan special right there. You know what? Like, After all these years, you you're finally getting me because I I that one was on that was part of the tinker that was, that was on there, and I was like, you know what? Not gonna do it. Not gonna fall for this trap because that's that is the Ryan special. <laughs> Bet against them, I think two out of the three weeks they've won. They've gone three and zero. So it's like, okay, let's let's go ahead and start uh, tailing them a little bit. So that is a hundred percent the uh, Ryan Silva special, but we left them off the card because for that reason, that's some growth. Yeah. Hey. That's growth right there. And also he has that Michigan state's one and 12 with four outright losses in his last 13 games as a home favorite. So the stats go, uh, go against that. All right. To the NFL we go, we have another, uh, look, I think this is again, obviously a good slate tonight's game. I was calling this last week. I forgot to say it, but uh, Thursday night football early on is really testing the uh, how much do you love football with these Thursday night games. Now, last week turned into an entertaining game. I know it's two big markets, but we got the run of Washington and the Giants, Carolina, Houston. Next week is Jacksonville, Cincinnati before we get to the good stuff on Fox. But this is a really uh, how much do you love football on Thursday nights the first about three or four weeks and the yeah, middle the, NFL network run this uh the, tonight's game I think is going to be a little brutal um for the simple fact that Davis Mills is going to be the starter I think if you have Deshaun Watson out there I think even if you have Tyrod Taylor out there it's a little more entertaining 
Um, I think this will be a good, uh, I think it's gonna be a great game for Sam Darnold stands. Uh, you know, if he has a good showing stand up, baby. Yeah, no, absolutely. That defense has been really, really good. Uh, I think they're number one ranked defense through the first two weeks so far, the Panthers. Um, and, uh, you know, he's getting some time back there to throw the ball around and he's doing just that Christian McCaffrey's obviously doing a great job leading the offense through the ground game. And, uh, so I think if, if he has a good showing this, the, you know, we're, we're, we're all about overreactions. Everyone has the, you know, wants to, needs to overreact so that they can show that they are the most right. And I think if Sam Darnold has a good showing, you know, throws for 250, 300 yards, you know, two or three touchdowns, everyone's going to be talking about how this is a Sam Darnold. We expected this guy, yada, yada, yada. And he's, you know, his stock's going to go through the roof. So, which I think is, you know, would be nice for Sam Darnold because I think he is a good quarterback. And I think he's a guy that can stick around for a while and, uh, and uh, deserves kind of those accolades after having to suffer under Adam Gase and, uh, and the Jets uh, front office. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I've been a Darnold guy. That's yeah, 100%. That is the guy I wanted the Browns to draft over uh, uh, at number one overall. So I've been riding him. I've been hoping that he's uh, turns out to be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good here. But I do find that there are some. Uh, I think we've got some interesting games this week. I will look. We'll talk about the Cowboys Eagles. We can do that Monday. They play Monday night. We don't need to spend a lot of time on uh, on that today. But obviously, the big one is Tampa Bay and the Rams. That is uh that is the highlight game of the weekend. But like New England and New Orleans, I think is a fascinating game. Obviously, the Chargers and the Chiefs is a good one. You get to see Justin Fields make his first career start. They play the Browns. I think there's this has got some nice, uh, nice, nice intrigue. And then the Sunday nighter, I think, is pretty good. Green Bay at San Fran. It seems like whenever they go to San Fran, they just get absolutely curb stomp but maybe that's different this year i I, there's, I think there's a lot of intrigue this week i think there's another this is look obviously the nfl is going to be intrigued but there are some whirly on so it's like okay this is like the uh eyebrow razor games i think we got a other than tampa bay uh the rams there are some other like eyebrow razors that i think are good yeah i think you know you hit the nail on the head there with uh tampa bay and the rams they're they're they look like they're gonna be the class of the nfc and then right right underneath that you know the packers 49ers i think those are both two teams all four of those teams are probably going to be there in the thick of it uh you know come january so i think it's going to be a great job or you know great uh, week to kind of see what you got thus far um and then like you said the saints patriots see if the saints and Jameis can have a bounce back game against a pretty good patriots defense uh chiefs chargers again the chiefs bouncing back from that loss against baltimore the chargers looking good through two weeks you know both games coming down to the wire i think i give the nod to the chiefs there but just to kind of see high level play continuing to come out of the chargers i think is what you want mike williams has been an absolute monster so far but you know alongside keenan allen the run game with austin eckler still been really good um you know, another barometer game for the Colts and the Titans. Are the Colts really this bad? Are the Titans more like what we saw week two or more like what we saw week one? So that's another, like you said, kind of a raise the eyebrow and see just how good they are. And uh, and the Bears, I think that Bears-Browns game is going to be fun because, like you said, Justin Fields is going to get a start finally. You know, the first week we saw him come in for a couple plays, looked really good. Last week he comes in, throws an interception, doesn't look as sharp. And so now when he's getting the full reps all week leading up to the the start of the game and then playing a pretty decent defense there with the Browns, you know, he's going to have to use that uh, use those legs to uh, to escape that pass rush and, and make some plays outside the pocket. So I'm going to be really excited to, to see that game as well. I will tell you, whatever Justin Fields rush yarding age, rushing yards prop is bet the over right now. I don't think it's not even out yet. I looked bet the over the Browns do not stop rushing quarterbacks. Clowney and Garrett just run right up there 
and they let the contain get away and they got gaps all the all the time so whatever fields uh rushing yardage is is uh, i am going to uh i would take the over on uh take the over on that um all right we'll get into some picks the thing too is with with the colts they are uh i saw brent hunley took most of the snaps yesterday so not eason but hunley for the quarterback because carson wentz has the amazing double high ankle sprain which i don't know how that's possible but he's car leave it up to carson wentz to to achieve that no kidding he's He's almost like Big Ben 2.0, but just not as good with all the injuries that he comes up with and the way he he he's injured. It's it's wild. Since we're on since we're on this topic of Carson Wentz, I had an interesting thought and I want to bring to you. Um of these quarterbacks, who do you think will play for another team? Meaning, you know, they'll leave in free agency, they'll go somewhere else or whatever. You know, they'll they'll play for another team than the current team they're on. Tua, Derek Carr. Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. Like, does this mean like at the end of this year? Or... No, no, no. Like at the end of their career. Like, okay. When you say end of their career, like they're going to finish with another team or they're going to be with this team the entire, they're like, so right. which, this, which, this, which team, is... this team that they're currently on is going to give up on them. Correct. And then someone else will get, will sign them. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think all four guys would get signed by another team just because how thin the quarterback is. But if we're doing a ranking, Tua will obviously, I think, get another. We'll will get a shot if they go away from him, just because I think people will hope that he has the talent that's in there. Um, Derek Carr, obviously, I think he will get another shot. I'll I'll go Tua, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, and Wentz. I would say. But the thing is, Carr, Tua, and Darnold, I think they're all on, like, the same thing. And then Wentz is, like, someone's going to sign him just to be a backup because wouldn't the Cowboys want Wentz to be a backup if, theoretically, they could instead of uh, Garrett Gilbert? 100%. Like, that's the whole thing. He's going to stick around if he wants to be as a backup. But I would say, like, Carr, Tua, and Darnold are on a whole other level of, yes, they'll be a starter somewhere else. But Wentz, it would just be like, hey, he's going to be a backup. So that, let's make it a little bit different. What about in the next five years? Do you think all those guys are playing for different teams? Uh, I don't know if they're playing in different different teams, but I would say they're probably still going to be in the league. Oh, no, for sure. But, that, but that's what I mean. Like, are these are those guys that I just mentioned, Carr, Darnold, Tua, and Wentz, are they in it for the long haul with their teams that they're with right now? Or is are they? could you see them either, like you said, A, the team's giving up on them, or B, get frustrated with the situation they're in and leaving, or what? But the next five years, fast forward to you know September 23rd, 2026, how many of those guys are still playing for the same colors that they're playing for right now? I don't think Wentz is. Agreed. Probably not Derek Carr, just because Gruden and Mayock are weird, and they'll try and they'll... I mean, they tore down their whole offensive line last year. And They'll probably the want to pick up two-time Super Bowl winner Sam Ellinger by then. <laughs> yeah, or it's just something. Like, they, they will do something stupid where you're like, why are they – why do they get rid of Carr to get – I don't know, whatever. A, a defensive tackle? Yeah, something. That, 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 they'll do some head-scratching thing. Um, And then Darnold, I think, is in a trial run, and it depends how this year is going. Mm -hmm. Maybe all of them are with different teams. I 
Is Sam Darnold's got his fifth-year option. I don't think they picked it up. So I think, or maybe they did pick it up, but he's a free agent after this year, I think. So maybe he's the he's in a show me year. But uh, maybe they're all on different teams in five years. I I would definitely rank it if you give me confidence. Who's on the same team in five years? I don't really know who's maybe Derek Carr just because of that. But I wouldn't be very confident in any of them being on the same team in five years. Mm-hmm. What do you? What do you? Uh... I think if you gun to my head, I think Darnold and Carr are the most likely to still be on the same team. I think Tua and um and uh Wentz they're probably they're probably closer to the end than they are the beginning with the team that they're at right now, which is crazy to say cuz Carson Wentz he just got, you know, this is first season on the Colts. Yeah. Okay, so Sam Darnold, he's he's uh they picked up his fifth year option, so he's on the roster for Carolina next year. Um and I mean Tua, everyone they're already trying to trade him to Houston or whatever for Deshaun Watson. So Yeah. Uh, why would he stick around um, there? All right, what uh, what do you got for picks this week? What do we got? I I'm seven and three in the NFL. Mm. I went two and three last week. I am four and six. I went three and two last week. So I'm going to ride with my boys, the football team, plus nine against Buffalo. I don't think this is a particularly uh, questionable game on if Washington will go in there and, and win, but I do think that they can cover the seven, or excuse me, excuse uh, cover the nine. Uh, and keep it within a touchdown. I'm hoping. Anyway, that defense really, really, it's not worrying me, but it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I'd like to see with Heineke getting all the reps for this week, uh, you know, being able to prepare for them. I know he got all the reps last week going into practice, but just, you know, coming in and, and playing a big-time team, seeing how he reacts to that. I like Atlanta plus three against the Giants. I'm going to go ahead and take Cincinnati plus three and a half against Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know how injured Roethlisberger is, and, uh, you know, I'm going to, lean towards the side of he's playing it up a little bit more than he actually is, but I still think Cincinnati covers that plus three and a half. T Higgins has been just, uh, you know, very, very good for some. You are high on the Bengals for reasons I'm trying to figure out. Am I? You picked them last week. You thought they were going to win against the bears. And then you're and, on and we lost week. by the hook. If don't they were dominant, they were getting dominated the entire game. The fact that it lost by the hook is, is a, if Dalton makes plays that whole better. game, they win. No, they don't because they were down seven nothing. They were down like seventeen nothing. It was, I think, like eleven nothing or something like that. Okay, well, whatever. They were getting (laughs) beaten badly. Joe Burrow threw three picks on three straight plays. Exactly. That's not going to happen this week. Oh, against the against a a better better defense. defense? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) With with no offensive line. Yep. Um, they're gonna get him killed out there. Burrow's gonna Burrow's getting is getting David Card right. We're watching it before our eyes. He is getting David Card. Nonetheless, I think Cincinnati covers this three and a half. I like Oakland minus four against Miami. Jacoby Brissett obviously yes. starting for Miami. And then I'm going to take Tampa Bay laying the one against the Rams. Um, you know, for no other the Rams, the Rams were still good last week. They weren't super sharp. Uh, I think Tampa Bay's defense, you know, it's just still very, very good. And even with I don't even know if Antonio Brown's gonna play for Tampa Bay. Um, but the weapons Gronk looks like Gronk of two thousand. 10 for you know out of nowhere um and uh mike evans and, and chris godwin still very very good as well uh the running game i think is going to come along with ronald jones and, and leonard fournette but uh, i like tampa bay winning and laying that one all right i am gonna take the titans minus five against the uh colts or five and a half whatever it is um i will fade the backup quarterback i will also get on oakland minus four against Miami and fade the backup quarterback 
uh, as well. But this is typical Raiders. They win two big games, and then they, they, they lose to an inferior opponent on their home floor. God, I got four favorites this week. I'm going to take the Giants minus three against the Falcons. The Falcons are bad. The Falcons are real, real bad. And Danny Dimes, look, he looked decent. He looked, at least through the air, he looked, he was great on the ground. They stopped running the read option in the second half, but he looked decent. I'll take the Giants minus three. I will take the Cowboys minus four against the Eagles on Monday night. And then I think the stinkiest of all stinky picks, but I'm a, I'm a Trevor Lawrence rider. I'm taking Jacksonville plus seven. I don't know why that just reached out to me, but I'm taking the one underdog Jacksonville plus seven. I hate it, but I'm taking it. Okay. First of all, you are not a Trevor Lawrence rider. I am a Trevor Lawrence rider. <laughs> so let's get that straight. Second of all, you bullied me out of my Cincinnati pick. We're going to go ahead and flip it to green Bay plus three and a half. Against <laughs> okay. Why would I, I'm not bullying you out of a Cincinnati pick. I just don't think the, the bagels are they on? Oh, it's on the road too. I just don't think that's a good, I'm trying to help you save some money. You know what? And look, maybe you did. Maybe you did. Maybe you cost me some money. I guess we'll only time. Well, oh, you can still bet it on your own. And you know what? I probably you will. Probably will. <laughs> you probably will. <laughs> but we'll, we'll go ahead and officially switch that pick. And we'll take the Packers plus three and a half 49ers. They're talking about signing Frank Gore because their running back uh, position is so depleted. And uh, when that's happening, can't feel great about it. So we're going to go ahead and, and ride with the Packers. All right. All right. Good switch there. All right. Finally, the Ryder Cup. It is tomorrow. I, I think today, it, it, today is the Thursday before the Ryder Cup is like the worst day of golf. Um, worst day in golf. The anticipation until uh, the Ryder Cup tomorrow morning. People will say, oh, Wednesday at Augusta. But you got you got the part three contest, blah, blah, blah. This is the worst day because normally there's golf going on. It's at Whistling Straits. The U.S. heavy, heavy, heavy favorites right now. I look at the odds. They are minus 200. Europe is plus 225. The U.S. hasn't won one since 2000. They won one in 2016, the last time it was on U.S. soil. But they before that, they hadn't won one since 2008. Um, two out of the last three times it's been on U.S., they've won. They choked one away in Medina, and they have yet to win one in Europe in a very, uh, very long time. The team, look... I think look, I like this US team. I know people are are a little hesitant on them. I they got six rookies. Xander's a rookie. Cantley's a rookie. Morikawa's a rookie. Daniel Berger, I think he's gonna be an absolute killer this week when he plays. He's a rookie. Um, who else is out there? Scotty Scheffler's a rookie and Harris English. But like guys like Morikawa, Berger, and Xander and Cantley, like those four guys, you're like, holy cow, how have you not made a Ryder Cup before? It's just how it works. Um, this team is very good. The, the European team, definitely top-heavy. Rom, Rory, and Hovland are the horses there. And then you have your uh, Ryder Cup legends in Poulter, who always plays well in this. Uh, throw Sergio in there and Lee Westwood. Those are the legends, but Westwood's been playing terrible. I'm excited. It's at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. It was last big event there was the PGA in 2015. Uh, Jason Day one. It should be great. Get underway tomorrow. I, I I truly do believe that the U.S. is going to win. Um, but I'm telling you what, the U- Europe plus 225, I really don't know how you – that is some incredible value. I really don't know how you pass up Europe plus 225. That is just insane, uh, insane, insane value there. 
Yeah, you mentioned all the guys for the U.S. that are that are rookies, but they're all the young up and comers, like you yes. said, that are just absolute killers. Cantley Morikawa, I think Morikawa kind of has a silent assassin uh, kind of vibe to him, where he just kind of goes out there and just gets a job done and is absolute nails. Cantley is great. Xander, you know, another guy that's been a, a huge winner. Daniel Berger, he's the guy that's won a couple times on the on the tour as well. And then obviously you have. You know the bigger names of of Brooks out there. Um, who the the captain is? Uh, why am I forgetting the captain? Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker, yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, obviously Bryson. We'll see if he can keep himself together to at least play par golf and not absolutely melt down <laughs> like he's like he's likely to do. The the best thing going for the U.S. right now, I think, is that Rory's on the European squad. I mean, I can just count that as a dub right now. Yeah, you should do that. Ryder Cup Rory is horrible. <laughs> Um, the whole thing for the U.S. though, everyone talks about like team, team, team. If you just, if you just go out and you tell these, if you tell Brooks, like Brooks just came out, he did his press conference. He goes, I haven't really been chilling in the team room that much. Fine. You know what? You don't want to be a part of the team. Just go. You know what? When you play your alternate shot with Daniel Berger come Friday morning and Saturday morning, and then your singles match, you better play the best. You better be prepared as best as you can be. And then if you if you fail, then guess what? Brooks, you need to look at you. You need to look in the mirror because you've excluded yourself from the team of saying I haven't been much in the team room. Then you need to figure it out. But if you if you come and do your thing and you show out, great. You know what? We figured out for the US. You know what? It'll be 10 guys, 11 guys hanging out in the team room with the assistant captains and the wives or whatever. And then you can just go on do your merry way if you're gonna win that. Like that's the whole thing. Everyone's about the team, the team, the team for the U.S. I think this is this is a young JT and Spieth are the leaders of the team. I think that's pretty clear. Even though it's only JT's second Ryder Cup, Spieth should thank the lucky stars the Ryder Cup wasn't last year because there's no way he would have been picked for that team. But now he's ready to lead. you got to pair them together. They're probably going to be the first match off. Um, and like these guys, as we said, Cantley, Xander, Berger with Justin Thomas and um, Spieth. They're all class of 2011 high school guys. They played in college. They're all friends. I know that Cantley and Spieth and JT, sometimes they'll all get the houses together when they're on the road. They're all buddies. All these guys are buddies. They've been playing against each other. They're playing with each other in team events. Like They have a good camaraderie around each other. So I think that this we finally might have solved the, the, the team thing and Scheffler throw him in the bunch. I Look, I think the team stuff is going to be a is a is a little overblown, and uh, and people who aren't on the team, whatever. This team is probably the best team that could have been out there, but uh, yeah, I think this is a good uh, a good mix. And if, if if you're not rooting for America, I think you're 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 crazy uh, out there because this is a fun this is a fun young group that we have good young golfers. That why are you not behind them? Yeah, no, it'll be exciting to watch and kind of follow and see. Uh... You know, I always follow the the Ryder Cup like very loosely, just kind of check on checking on the on the day's matches. I'm not like watching every hole or anything like that. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting and fun to see. Follow along, see who who does perform and who steps up to the plate and who you know shits the bed. All right, I do I do have a couple I do have a couple bets that I uh, that I like. These are individual. There's one I'm going to try and guess the score on, and then it's a score whatever wins. And then here I'm going to start off with the. Uh, individual it's the individual point totals or over under points i like Berger over one and a half i think he's going to play three matches he'll play alternate shot 
and then the singles. Everybody plays singles. Him and Kepka will be able to win at least. Uh, will be able to win one of those alternate shot matches, I think. And he'll win a singles match. I think he'll get over one and a half. That's minus one forty-five. So you're laying a little bit of juice. Um, I'm going to take JT over two and a half. That's plus one ten. So you're getting a little for your buck there. He was four and one in uh, Paris in his only Ryder Cup. I think he probably wins three points out of the five. He, he's, he's playing five matches, so he's just got to not have a losing record. And then I'm going to take one guy on Europe who I think is going to have a good one, Shane Lowry. I think this event, this is Shane Lowry's first Ryder Cup. Sugar Shane from Ireland, over two and a half points, plus 165. I think he is going to be the guy. He's won the Open Championship in 2019. He is, I feel like this just suits, this just suits Lowry, the Ryder Cup, in his first one. I think he's going to have a big one, over two and a half, a plus one. 65, and I'll tell you what, I'm not betting it, but I just saw it. Ian Poulter over one and a half points at even money. That uh, that seems pretty tasty, but I'm not going to do it. So I've got uh, over one and a half for Berger and then two and a half for Spieth, or for uh, JT and Lowry. And then I'm going to take the U.S. to win by four. What is it? Let me look here. The U.S. to win by, um, where is it? Oh, Four to six, or U.S. to win, where is this, hold on, four to six points at plus 340, which, so you pretty much, it means you're going to win 16 to 12, um, is what they would have to win by, and I think they're going to win by four, that's plus 330, I think, let me see, I think they just might have taken it off the board, um, but, uh, yeah, I like that. Or you could do U.S. to win 15 and a half, 12 and a half, or 16 to 12 at plus 450. But, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's what I like. The U.S. to win by one or – oh, here it is. The U.S. to win by four or six plus 330. I like that. I, I, I've got that locked in. So those are my four uh, Ryder Cup bets. There's a ton of things you could bet Ryder Cup on, too. And the matches haven't even started. You could bet every match, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, all right. Sorry for rambling there. No, that's all right. I got one bet, one bet only, and that's USA, baby. Yes. These colors don't run. They don't. They bump and run sometimes when they have to, but that's about it. <laughs> and there might be some bumping and running over at Whistling Straits. Yep. All right. Do you have anything else here? I think this is a good spot to stop. Oh, one thing I was going to say, TV thing. So, you know, we talked about uh, the mouse at the palace. Correct. There's the the whole, it's like an untold thing. Yep. Last night, I don't know if you've watched this. Have you watched the one on the uh, hockey team, the mafia thing? No. You got to watch that one. It's on okay. the uh, Dranberry Trashers, which was a minor league hockey team in Connecticut. And they were tied. Oh, yeah, the Danbury Thrashers. Thrashers. Yeah. No, Trashers. Was it the Trashers? Okay. The Trashers, yeah, because they were the, the trash can was their logo. It is. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. It is riveting stuff. It is electric stuff, I think. I'll so check, check that, that out. out. Yeah, check it out, and then we can talk about it. It's uh, The guy buys a hockey team for his son, and his son runs it um, for a year, two years, or whatever. And I'll tell you what, the guy, 17-year-old president, whatever, not that bad. 
not uh he figured something out he had a formula and it works so not uh not terrible over there love it it's every kid's dream yes every kid's dream that is for sure all right well we'll wrap it up here and we'll be back on monday thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll talk to you then